Welcome back to the Business Report. In tonight's Spotlight feature, I'm speaking to Marita Volta, the co-founder and managing director of eBikes for Africa. Hi, Marita. Hi, David. Hi, all to all the listeners as well. So let's go right back. Uh, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Uh, give, us, give us the quick summary of uh, Marita's life till now. Yeah, going back in time, eh? Um, <laughs> well, I was born in Stellenbosch, South Africa, but we moved to Namibia when I was really small because my dad always wanted to come back to his um, heartland and um, start farming. So we moved to a very, very tiny town called Khubabes in the east of the country. And I, I grew up between Khubabes and the farm. So that's where everything started for me. Okay. Uh, schooling, you say schooling in Khubabes then? Yes, elementary school was in Khubabes, and then um, for high school, we moved to Vintuk, um, and I finished my matric here, and then I went to South Africa for my um, undergrad and also my first postgrad, and then um, my second postgrad, I finished in the UK, in Wales, actually, to be precise. Sure, okay. Uh, let, let's walk through <laughs> that tertiary education then quickly. If you were born in Stellenbosch, is that your alma mater? Oh, yes. Went back there. Um, <laughs> that's where the heart was. So I did my first undergrad there in international studies. Um, and then I moved to Rhodes, Grahamstown, to do my second one. And that was in journalism and media studies. And then um, I actually got a bursary through the British High Commission and went to Wales to do a master's in uh, documentary photography. Okay. Wow. Uh, I wanted to bring up that that sort of journalism angle to it because I know we're speaking to you now as the co-founder and MD of eBikes for Africa. But yeah, I wanted to bring up the fact that in a previous life, you were actually a journalist as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And um, the connection to e-bikes for Africa has absolutely nothing to do with journalism, obviously. <laughs> so I made a big um, jump in career from um, finishing my master's and then coming back to Namibia. So yeah, there's there's a big story behind that, but I assume we'll get to to the story soon. Well, yeah, let's get into that story right now. Then how how the jump from journalism to e-bikes for Africa and and renewable energy and recycling and everything that goes into it. Well, the the connection to renewable energy and recycling and a love for the environment actually has been installed in me since a very young age, because I think mainly because I grew up on a farm, um, but also because my family is very much connected to nature. Um, so that's always been there. But the, the connection to the e-bikes is something a little bit different, and that's a bit more of a personal and a romantic story, if you mm. can call it that. Um, yeah, so I was busy doing my master's in the UK and um, my partner at that time, well, he's my husband now and also my, my co-founder in the business. He was, he's from Germany. So he was back in Germany. I was in the UK um, and we wanted to be together. So we sat down one night, we made a little piece of paper and we wrote down all the things that are important to us, like our values and our, um, yeah, what we, we see we want to do in, in, in life together to be together. And um, it came down to a very simple solution, which was solar-powered electric bicycles. Um, and we decided to bring that initiative to Namibia. Um, we knew we were a little bit crazy and probably, um, yes, um, we, we actually had, didn't know if it would work or not, to be honest with you. Um, but we thought, let's give it a try. We're young. We still have some energy left in us. So let's see if it works and if it goes somewhere. And yeah, that's where it all started. And today, eight years later, we're still um, running e-bikes for Africa quite efficiently, I must admit. <laughs> why, why bicycles, though? Was, uh, was there a love, uh, you know, either you or your husband, were you avid cyclists? 
Um, not really avid cyclists. I also think there's quite a big difference between a sports cyclist and a commuter cyclist. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> um, I, I used to cycle to school in Khubabas because they, we had a, it was a really small town, as I said earlier. And um, it, I've always loved cycling just for the fun of cycling, not competitively. Um, my husband, on the other hand, he's, he's an engineer as a background. And um, he started experimenting with building bikes in his garage back home. Um, so I think the passion for bicycles is also quite deeply ingrained in him. Um, and yeah, then we just thought we also actually, um, to go back a bit, we, we wanted to do something good for the environment that we wanted to come back to, which was Namibia. Um, and we thought, what is a problem in Namibia that we could actually help to solve? So we realized transport is a really big problem. I mean, the majority of people um, don't have access to transport in the first place, or, or at least, you know, have a car or something like that. So they rely on public transport. Um, and we thought maybe we can make a difference in, in Vintuk, which is where we, we thought we would return to um, in terms of transport and providing not something more affordable, but also something more sustainable. Mm. So that's where it all started. Um, and that's why also the e-bike, because as we all know, Vintuk is hot and it's hilly and people are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought maybe the e-bike would solve that, that problem in terms of people not wanting to cycle. Um, yeah, so that's where the idea came from. So, I mean, e-bikes are taking off uh, all over the world and we're seeing sort of big car brands realizing they need to get into the game as well, uh, electric vehicles in general. But I think that one word that you put in there that, that makes e-bikes for Africa stand out is solar powered. So these aren't just, you uh -huh. know, batteries that you plug into the mains. You, you're taking advantage of arguably what Namibia has uh, some of the most of, the, the abundant sunlight. Mm -hmm. Why was that decision made as well to make them solar powered rather than sort of mains charged? Yeah, good question. And yes, indeed. I mean, we all know the sun shines 360 days a year here. Um, and I also think it's still quite an untapped sector is the solar industry. I think, um, I mean, most of us are, are grid connected, which actually could be replaced by solar, but that's a different story altogether. <laughs> um, so we decided to, to combine the two. As I mentioned also earlier, sustainability is a really big part of our um, vision for the future. And um, yeah, we, we thought, well, why not make it solar powered since we have the sun's energy basically for free. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we connected our bikes to solar. They can be grid charged. So that should just also be mentioned because a lot of people think, oh, heck, if I don't have solar, I can't use your e-bikes, mm. um, which is not the case. So they can be grid connected. But we also just thought in terms of catering to rural communities, as we have, have a lot of development initiatives also going on throughout the country, um, a lot of rural communities are not grid connected. So then we provide a solution um, in a box, basically, where people can then charge their e-bikes by solar so that they don't feel um, that they're missing out on this technology. Mm. That also played a part. So focusing on the commuter cyclist and, you know, possibly the, the sort of lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum, a lot of the e-bikes the e overseas I mean, I've, I've seen beautiful bikes that cost more than a car. I'm assuming you're, you're <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> focusing on making these, these bikes sort of, and, and I'd say rugged, hard as well. Are they uh, sort of steel frames? Uh, what's the manufacturing process mm -hmm. look like and how do you keep costs down? Mm. No, absolutely. I mean, that's a big, big part of our initiative is to make it affordable and accessible to especially the low to mid income populations. Um, and yes, so maybe also just to take you back a notch. In the beginning, we imported our bikes and we only assembled them locally. And then we realized that imported products are not really suitable to the local environment and to the population group that we want to cater to. Mm -hmm. 
So we started manufacturing and our bikes, yes, they have steel frames, mainly because it's really easy to maintain. If a steel frame breaks, you can weld it together basically in your backyard. So, and we also use really affordable parts. So we don't use hydraulic brakes, for example, we use very cheap disc brakes. Um, so because we want people to be able to maintain their bikes wherever they are in the middle of nowhere without having to rely on us as the main supplier. Mm. Um, we also provide training to people that buy our bikes because we really see it as important that people are able to take care of the product by themselves. Um, so, yeah, that's probably the main um, difference between our bikes and a imported or a very expensive uh, e-bike. So you've got the battery now to help you uh, get up, let's say, the Robert Mugabe Hill past State House uh, or any of the other <laughs> myriad hills we have uh, in Vintook. <laughs> what else do you think is is holding back commuting as, uh, I mean, I don't want to say a lifestyle because a lot of times it's a necessity, uh, but what's holding back mm -hmm. the bicycle taking over the streets more than it has been able to in Namibia? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, we've a part of our uh, sort of initiative is to also um, do research, market research. And what we've always we come across since the very beginning, eight years ago, is that people are scared to cycle because they don't have infrastructure and um, they feel that they, they might get robbed or they might be hit by a car or something like that. So I think that's the main thing deterring people from using a bicycle or an e-bike for that matter. Um, luckily, we've seen recently um, that the city has a new initiative that they have now been, they started building bike lanes for people. Unfortunately, not very well used at the moment, but I mean, they're all trying their best. It's a very slow process, as we all know. Um, so that's the main thing is the, the lack of infrastructure and feeling safe on the road. But the other thing is the affordability. And um, another thing is we, we at the beginning, we sold our Bikes. Uh, we also realized, even though they are more affordable than a normal e-bike or a, a sort of a high-end e-bike, a branded e-bike, if I can call it that, they are still not really accessible to most people. So very, very recently, about uh, six months ago, we've started renting out e-bikes um, for $500 a month, which is still below the, the most people spend on a taxi, the amount most people spend on a taxi, which is sort of our benchmark. Um, and that's been selling like hotcakes, if I can call it that. So we, we realized also you really have to make it a no-brainer for people to, to, to make them switch from their current mode of transport to using an e-bike. Mm. I think all of those things go hand in hand. Um, and also initiatives by uh, the public sector, like the city, for example. If there's a drive coming from sort of the, the top guns, the politicians, the ones that, that um, set an example for most, then people will actually consider um, changing their habits. Mm. So let's get back to the, the company then. Where do you see e-bikes for Africa going? Uh, as you say, you've, you've had all of these evolutions over the years. Uh, what's next? Yes. So we recently also started with the manufacturing. That's actually still a new thing. Um, we started during around during COVID. We started manufacturing cargo bikes because we we had to adapt our business um, as most people had to during the COVID pandemic. Um, and we started with deliveries and we realized a uh, delivery vehicle was lacking, a uh, sustainable delivery vehicle. So we started manufacturing cargo bikes, electric cargo bikes. Um, and then the next step from that was to actually manufacture something that is suitable to the commuter, but also actually to off-road environment, since most of Namibia is, is off-road. So we started what we called the bush bike. Um, it's trademark registered by now. It's the very first African electric bush bike, a utility e-bike. Um, and that, with that, we're hoping to go far. So we currently um, in production, we've also actually, we do a lot of social projects just to 
changed quickly the topic a little bit. And we've just received um, funding from the International Climate Initiative to start manufacturing about 24 of these push bikes in a local um, in a local hub. So that will be the sort of a kickstart for us to to then take these bikes out into the local economy, to the mid to low income um, populations as well. And then from there, obviously, I think for most people that do things in Namibia locally, manufacture local products, is to go into the SADC region. Because mm. um, I think there's not only a need in Namibia itself, and as we know, our market is quite small, but I think the whole SADC region has similar um, needs to ours, especially when it comes to transport. Mm. So that would be a next step for us. Hopefully within the next three to five years, we'll reach that milestone. Okay. And a bit more personally, I mean, uh, journalists, innovator, business owner, employer, so many things already, but what's next for you personally? Well, I've actually taken a, a change in career again recently. Um, I've become a second-time mom. The first-time mom was obviously birthing a business, so um, <laughs> I now have a real child in the world. <laughs> um so yes, that's that's been taking a bit of my time, and I must say I'm really enjoying that as well. But um, so, so that's for the short term, I would say. But in terms of long term, um, we we're really working on projects. So we also have a few um, proposals in right now. We actually just had a big pitch yesterday, holding thumbs that that goes well. Um, but doing project work because we've realised since we're a social enterprise, um, and profit is not really you know um, rolling. The dollars are not really rolling in in terms of profit. Um, we we really need support from the lo- from the, econo- the international environment to support local initiatives. Mm. Um, so that's something we're focusing on right now is also to get I think to put Namibia on the map when it comes to being a trendsetter in sustainable mobility. So obviously, I mean, mom and dad can uh, sort Junior out with uh, his or her own bicycle, but are there plans then for a, a different range of e-bikes for Africa, children's bikes? Um, not in the nearby future because, <laughs> I mean, we, our main focus is electric mobility yeah. and, um, e-bikes, they not really, they don't really cater to, to youngsters. Let's call it that. Um, they're a little bit fast and maybe even a bit dangerous <laughs> for, for young kids. So maybe from 13 and I think we still have a while to go for our youngster reach at some age. Um, <laughs> so let's say we us put that in the 10 year plan, maybe. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting to us today, Marita. I know it ended up being more about bicycles than about you for a spotlight, but that's the risk that they took letting me do the interview. Well, that's why I'm here, right? That's I'm trying to also make a change in my environment and not only focus on myself. So thanks, David. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Thanks so much.